You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on? Berto here. And we're back with another episode. Berto, what do you got for us today? Uh, So today I wanted to talk about... uh, Kind of just, I guess, the overall process and the overall um, atmosphere of of gang meetings, right? Of because I I got asked this question, and and it was it was kind of they were curious about just just kind of how they they're operated and and all the things and moving parts that go along with it, and you know sometimes they are just uh, normal, you know, uh, meetings that you go to weekly or whatever it is bi-weekly. And then sometimes there are emergency meetings, you know what I mean? Where you have to discuss something. Yeah. I just wanted to get my perspective on this part and maybe just, you know, give a little clarity as to, you know, what people think. I know, you know, there's probably a bunch of different dynamics in different gangs and how they hold meetings or, or if they hold meetings. I remember the conversation we had on here before about guys not having meetings because they didn't want to be wrapped up in Rico and all that. But, you know, that's, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's a hard thing to not do when you're trying to stay organized, when you're trying to stay in tune with what's going on with the people closest to you. So, you know, meetings are essential. The, the first thing I would ask is, is so you talked about like frequency of being maybe weekly, bi-weekly. Are these, is this, is it set by like, is it the same across all Latin King chapters the frequency of them, or was this kind of the thing that the chapter set? Yeah, good question. Um, it, it's it's always based on the the chapter and the <clears throat> the ink of that chapter, and you know the the when they when they determine a meeting, and you know how many, and um, all that is determined by the Inca and Kasinka, You know, so <clears throat> that's that's usually it's typically you know I'd say once a week though. You know, a lot of guys, you know, we used to do it on Sundays, so. And it's usually a fixed time, fixed place and everything. So everybody just knows we got to be here at this time. Yeah, but I mean, you, yeah, but you keep a little bit of spontaneity, you know what I'm saying? Just based on the principle of, of, you know, not, not allowing to be um, predictable. You know, when it comes to things like that, like those are like sacred moments for us, you know, real vulnerable moments you don't want to have a set time and place that people get used to because then it, anything could happen. You know, mm-hmm. somebody gets caught or they cooperate and then they know. So we always had different places. Now, did we go to some places more than others? Yeah. We, we, there'd be sometimes where, yeah, we might do the same place a few weeks in a row. I know we had a streak where we were doing, man, we went months by Lawrence's. We were doing them in Lawrence's attic for a while, just based on the fact that we didn't really have nowhere else to go. And that was on the North side. So you can imagine, like, that's that's how serious, you know, it was for us is we had to really be uh, strategic in, in in where we had it at, you know what I mean? And um, and so being away from the South Side, being away from, you know, the eyes that are that are already looking for us, that was important. 20th and Capitol, people probably weren't looking us for looking for us over there. So, yeah, that's that's a that's an important aspect, too. And. And you, you, so you mentioned about emergency meetings where some, where you would just be called in. Is that something like, could anybody call an emergency meeting or was it, 
basically just leadership that was allowed to do that, I guess, would be. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, they're one and the same, if you think about it, because if something happens to you, the first people you're going to report to is your Inca and your Kasinka. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't be in on what happened. So mm-hmm. once they get wind of whatever happened, you know, say it was an incident and you needed to resolve it right right at that moment, they are going to call it anyway. So it's like you're calling it, you know, it's on, it's on behalf yeah. of you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're one and the same, bro. They always, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're always going to be in the loop. There's never going to be a moment where you're not going to include, you know what I mean? The Inca Nicosinka. So. All right. Yeah. So what are these meetings like? All right. So, I mean, I, we can, we can cover the, right. The kind of what we were just talking about right now, the spontaneity of it. And then the, the, the place selection, you know, like that's obviously, like I said, it's the Inca, but you know, <clears throat> the big things are like the rules surrounding it. Right. So like with us, and I, I like I, I it's hard sometimes to speak universally because I, I feel like there's different rules for different places and different chapters and all that. So um, I can only speak specifically for us at that time. It's not even it, it wouldn't even be relevant now or before me. You, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, but this is how it was. You can never be, in, you know, under any type of influence. Right. So you couldn't be high. You couldn't be drunk, obviously, and any 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 drugs. And um they were usually held, I would say, between noon and three. You know, like those were usually the times, just like church kind of thing. It was like a meetup. And um, and so those those were like the times and the stipulations. And, you know, as far as it, that was the that was the. Uh, I guess the tricky element about having weekly meetings, right, is that you go into a weekly meeting, you start getting into it's just uh, going through the motions in your mind, like, OK, we just got to show up at a meeting. And there's no sense of urgency for real, but but then you're caught off guard when something happens. You know what I mean? Because obviously, when you have an emergency meeting, there's usually something that's happening, and in real time, right? So it's like you're like you're on point. You're you're always ready for any type of you know anything to happen at an emergency meeting. But when you it kind of gets lackadaisical. You know what I mean? Like you're going once a week. You're like, all right, yeah, I got to show up. All right, yeah, I got to pay dues. Oh, if I ain't got my due money, I'm probably going to catch a violation. Like you just, you kind of go through the motions in your head, you know what I'm saying? And, and, um, so that's kind of how it gets, bro. Obviously like the location changes, but for the most part, it's usually a basement or attic, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where we were typically at just because of the privacy and, um, you know, mostly the sheer amount of people you can fit in those big open spaces. And, you know, so that's kind of how it was for us, bro. You know, being introduced to the meetings as a young kid, you're, you're, you know, you're in shock and in awe, right? Because it just seems like so organized in such a structured moment in time, right? And, um, you know, for us, we always were strip search on the way in. Um, not, not naked, but, you know, boxers and a, and, and a muscle shirt, you know what I'm saying? And, and, um, and we usually, you know, that's how you had the meeting. You standing around a bunch of guys, <laughs> really? and, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes guys would, you know, they'd be like, all right, go ahead, you know, put your put your shit back on it. But if there was like heightened moments or, you know, like stressful times, like, you know, you, you never can be too careful. But but yeah, for the most part, no, guys would just be, you know, they'd be brought down, pat down and, you know, boxers and muscle shirt and then maybe back in their in their stuff and you stand in a circle. Obviously, the structure of the meeting is laid out by the Inca, right? So, you know, when you go in there, they're just usually the first person who talks. You know, for us, we 
you know, we would, we would, um, we would open in prayer, you know, um, the Kings and Queens prayer from there is, you know, the, the, the meeting would be open, you know, it'd be open. And, and once the meeting's open, like everything, obviously that's there, it's supposed to stay there. And I shouldn't be telling you this right now, but <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm being, gen- I'm being generous, but anyway, so, so yeah, you know, the, and that's, that's kind of the structure and usually the topics, the first topics are always about like, you know, <laughs> you know, is anybody, is anybody at war, you know, like personal wars or anybody that is on the radar about anything, you know, that's usually the topics. Right. But then, you know, it usually gets to, <laughs> it usually gets to the violation part. Right. And that's where everybody has to kind of line up for who has something coming. Um, and then obviously I told you throughout my upbringing, I always was on that list for some reason. I always made it, you know, that's how, so that was a big element. That was a big element of our meetings was violations. Um, when, um, when you had these meetings was, was it like guaranteed that somebody was getting a violation during every meeting or was, would it go months and months without anybody getting a violation and then somebody would get one? Like how frequent <laughs> was that? Okay. So when I was coming in, it was guaranteed somebody was getting a violation every week. There was always somebody, when Jay was the Inca, hundred percent, somebody was getting violated every week. Most of the times I would carry on the streak. I'll be honest with you, just for the dumb shit. <laughs> Yeah, but it'd be for something dumb, though. Like, not, you know, I mean, obviously it doesn't sound dumb now, but at the time it sounded dumb, you know, for not going to school, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he just used that as a reason to put me in a circle, though. He didn't really care if I was getting my education. You know what I mean? Like, because you can't want me to get my education and also want me in the neighborhood, too, at the same time. Like, it doesn't match up. But um, who was I to dispute, right? Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, that would happen. Like, there'd be somebody that carried on the streak, um, I told the, I told the, I think I told the story before where, uh, Mondi was one minute late, literally one minute late, bro. Um, and, and the door was just closing in front of him and Jay's like, no, leave him up there. And he, we had to meet you know, majority of the meeting around him. And then he came down and then he ended up getting a violation for that, you know, just for, just for that, just for one minute, you know? And, and that was, that was a, it was an egotistical move. It was a power trip. Um, so yeah, so to answer that question, hundred percent during that era, um, during that part of my era, every week somebody was getting a violation. Now, you know, as I got older, older ish, you know, and, and I got a spot and I was, you know, when I was a Kasinka and snuff was the Inca, there wasn't a lot of brothers getting violated, you know, unless it was something that they really deserved, you know, because, you know, cooler heads prevail when it's a democracy, and not a dictatorship, you know, and you can, you can, um, you can reason with, with people that are reasonable. Jay wasn't reasonable. You know, he had, he had a mindset that was narrow. And if you didn't fall in that path, you know, obviously you were out, you were out of bounds. And then his, his morally, he was morally, he wasn't right neither. You know, he didn't, he, he wasn't a moral man, you know, especially, you know, with regards to knowing the law, yeah, he knew it, but did he uphold it for other people? Yes, but for himself, no, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't held to the standards that he professed. And so I think as we started coming around, bro, and, and getting our own spots, we wanted to learn from those mistakes. You know, we wanted to be able to treat the younger brothers um, with love. You know what I mean? We hazed them, but once they made it to a, a certain point, you know, they deserve to be you know, respected and loved the same. You know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. I've said this before. 
there's something to be said with the way that Jay was a leader, you know, because there was there was a lot of structure. And I feel like, you know, kind of as as we started getting older and, and we started bringing guys in. I felt like we were a little too light on them in the sense that they didn't respect they didn't they didn't respect the the structure and the hierarchy as much as they should have, you know, and um, and that was our fault, you know, is is because we wanted to try to treat everybody equally. That that's a that's a hard that's a slippery slope, you know what I mean? It's a hard thing to do, and you know, so that was that was a shortcoming that we had, and and um, so I guess I don't know. It, it depends how you how you govern, man. And um, you know, guys are going to turn out one way or another. But so, um, do you so, think like Jay might have been a little too hard on everybody, where you guys might have been a little too light on everybody? Like it should have been somewhere in the middle. That would have been probably the ideal place to be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think that would have been. I think that would have been more. It would have been more beneficial for both sides. You know, because I, like I said, man, the aspect that Jay carried is he didn't allow a lot of the childish, childishness, you know what I mean? The childishness, you know what I mean? He didn't allow that. And, um, and I felt like we, we allowed that to slip in through certain members, you know what I mean? And, um, and we shouldn't have, you know, so, so he had the edge, but you know, you got to remember he was a little bit more disconnected from the group as the Inca. You know, um, he was he he wasn't an active Inca in the sense that he wasn't in the trenches with us every day. You know, yeah, would he be out there? Sure, he'd be out there. He wasn't he wasn't um, hiding in the house or nothing like that. But you know, like an active Inca, like you know, like when Snuff was with us, like Snuff was in the trenches with us. You know, what I mean, like yeah. every day type shit. Like it wasn't um, a once in a while kind of thing. You know, what I mean, and so that's the difference, you know, and that's kind of how we move forward. We move forward with our own is, is, uh, you know, when, when Tim became the, the Inca, it, you know, he was still involved. He was still in the street, you know, when obviously when I was a singer, I was still involved, I was still in the street. So we tried to set that precedent and carry it, you know what I mean? And uphold it, but you know, it has its, it has its drawbacks. So, so, um, so very similar, like, like Jay was, could view everybody as a subor- subordinate because, he wasn't, they weren't, you guys weren't really his like close, close friends because he wasn't around enough for you to be close friends. Whereas you guys were tight with everybody and to have a dude beat up weekly because he didn't go to school. Well, that was your friend. You didn't want to do that. Right. Right. So, and even, and like I said, even, even more so, you know, not just the fact that I didn't go to school, but that I didn't go to school while I was on the run. I would have went, I would have got locked up if I went to school. So that's the type of thing that we, that little extra part, that's the part we analyze. Like, okay, so there's a reason he's not going to school. To you school. know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so that makes sense then. That's the, you know, like, you know, so, so that was the thing with us is we tried to progress, you know? And so, yeah, that's a, that's a long way of saying that there was definitely bouts of, of time without violations. You know, another thing that is, is, and I brought it up right, right there in the beginning is, is the, you know, and I, and this isn't, uh, this isn't a time for me to try to beat up on Jay, right? It's not, this is not a personal episode aimed at him. It just so happened that when I was coming up and I was learning, that was who was, um, we looked to, right? That was who yeah. our anchor was until snuff. And, 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 you know, obviously we were, we were, we were growing with him. So, but just coming in like, so that's, that's, that's a leadership that I had to look to. 
so when I mention stories and like some of them are, a lot of them are bad about him surrounding the situation. Well, I mean, that goes to show what kind of leader he was in a sense that, yeah, he was, a, he was, he was a strong leader, but he had a lot of weaknesses. You know, here's another one. It, you know, we talk about hypocrisy all the time, right? And, and what, um, <clears throat> what some people are allowed to do that other people aren't, you know, there was, there was a time when the younger guys were starting to make a push, right? And we were starting to make a push, meaning we weren't we weren't the quiet ones in the meetings anymore, you know, that were just standing around. We started to have a voice. Um, and we felt like we deserved to have that voice because we were the ones in the street. You know, we were the ones on 19th. And so I remember there had been like a little bit of, I guess a little bit of speculation during a couple meetings that maybe like a couple guys had come, you know, high or had come like buzzed up, you know, you know, they were older guys, older to us. And so, you know, nobody really, no, you know, at first, if that happens when you're just coming around, right? Like, do you really want to make waves? Like what kind of, you know, what kind of waves are you really trying to make at such a young stage in your career, so to speak? And so, but as this time came, I remember like it started, and because we started discussing it amongst each other, like, man, you seen this dude? Like, I think he was high. I think, you know, so, and that, then that becomes a real thing. And now, you know, when you do that, you kind of embolden yourself, right? Because you're like, hold on, man. Like, you know, like, this is us. This is our thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we sacrifice too. Like, how are they allowed to do something that we're not to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, we were in Wolf's basement. We were having a meeting at Wolf's house. Same same place that Monty got his violation for mm-hmm. being a minute late. And so we're, we're down there. And Bellone, I don't want to say he was drunk, but he was definitely buzzed. And, and you could smell it on him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and he was like, he was like standing, I say like two people down from me. Cause I remember we stand in a circle so I could see him and he was like visibly, um, obviously he was, he was, he was altered, visibly altered. Right. The funny part is that I want to say Weddle was also buzzed. I want to say Weddle was also buzzed. Right. But it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad. And and this is how I know that is because Mondi called him out. Mondi called out Bellone. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like we're standing in a circle, Mondi throws up his crown, he wants to say something, and Jay's like, What's going on? He's like, Hey man, he's like, you know, uh he's like, We all brothers, man. So this ain't this ain't me trying to tell on nobody or nothing like that. He was like, Man, but we're supposed to be in here clean. We're supposed to be in here of a sober mind. You know what I mean? Like we're in here to to speak about nation business and and you know, and, and basically just just broke it down. And, and Jay was like, well, why do you say that? He goes, well, obviously, this, this brother's obviously been drinking. You know what I mean? And he points <laughs> at Bellone. And he's like, listen, he's like, I smell it on him. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he immediately, Bellone got defensive. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's from yesterday. That's from yesterday. You know? And he goes, me and Weta were drinking, you know, all night. And that's from yesterday. And, and so Jay's like, well, when did you stop drinking? He's like, well, this morning. You know, it's like noon. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, Weddle obviously recovered a little bit better because he didn't really show it. You know what I mean? And that's that's the part that's a little hazy. I Me, mean, I don't remember if if Weddle ended up getting um, a violation for it, but I know Bellone did. I know he told him was like, "Well, listen, brother, you, you know, you can't be in this. You can't be standing amongst us like this." And and we gave him a violation. He couldn't he couldn't even attend the rest of the meeting. But so so things like that. But you know, we've seen numerous times right where jay will be high you know mm-hmm. and like this is our top dog you know this is this is the example this is what we're supposed to be trying to mimic 
you know, as far as somebody that is is solid as a solid person and and follows the law and and, and upholds the law, right? Did anybody you ever know? have the confidence to call him out on it? Well, listen, the problem with that is okay. So, the problem with that is if somebody's drinking or if somebody's drunk, right? You can mm-hmm. smell it. You can smell it come out of their pores. You know, if somebody's high, but they weren't just with you, like he just pulled up to the meeting, he could have been gotten high at home. He's not, it's not like he smells like weed. It's like, how do you really yeah, put you somebody really... on trial for that? Right? right. Like, how do you, how do you, yeah, right. How do you, how do you really, cause by the time you get it to some sort of a trial, right? Like you're, you're ultimately dealing with his people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know, do you, are you willing to fight that uphill battle for something that you, you're probably, and you're just going to put a target on your back, you know? Right. So. I think I think a lot of people probably overlooked that just based on that principle alone. But you know, with that with that being said, man, I think this is this is a good way to transition into just talking about, you know, with regards to the meeting, like just abuse of power, right? Like you have um, situations where somebody has the ability to hurt other people. You know, I mean ultimately have the ability to get somebody else killed, right? Like that's the real thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of power can, it can change people and it can, um, it can make them, you know, it can make them become somebody they're probably really not as a person, you know, as a leader, they might be that kind of person, but as a person, they're not really like that, you know? And there's a couple of people that come to mind. And when I think of abuse, power, obviously it, there's no mistake in, you know, the the guy I've always mentioned, right? The one we were just talking about. He I always felt like he abused his power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a there's a delicate line to to how you should exercise your power in that kind of role. And I'm not saying I was a great leader by any means, you know, I failed in many aspects. But um looking back, you know, looking back, I think the impact was different. The impact that he had on our generation um, was different than the impact that we had on our generation, if that makes sense. So the impact that he brought in and the impact that we brought in, you know, they were, they were different. You know, obviously we both had hits, we both had misses, but, you know, I wasn't bringing guys in on Sunday to get beat up for not going to school. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't beating up my own people just to, just to prove a point. You know, I was never, I never used my position to bail me out of a situation, put it like that. And, and I think that's, that's where that's the ultimate abuse. Like once you get into a situation where you have to say, Oh, I'm the Inca or something, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) you, you probably fucked up pretty bad. You know what I mean? So yeah, I never had to do that. And you know, there was obviously there's an instance where, you know, you're, you're told to do something and you do it. Uh, but there's also the instance where you allow yourself to break rules that you don't allow anybody else to break, you know, and even like, so if I move away from Jay, right, because obviously I can talk about the things that I was exposed to, but if we move away from Jay and we talk about another leader that I felt abused his power, like, you know, a guy and a guy I liked, you know, to some extent, you know, um, you know, and a guy I never had an issue with and I hung out with and we ended up being really cool was Pep. You know, but if I'm calling a spade a spade, you know, Pep abuses power. You know, um, I talked about, I think I've talked about before where I was in a hotel with him one time 
you know, a bunch of brothers were there, me, him, Juanito, Tim, uh, Brick, uh, and, and Revy was Wild Walker, but he had stayed in the truck because, <laughs> so we were all, we were all, it was, it was funny. We were just coming, this is a vivid memory. Uh, we were just coming from a nation party in, in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. So all the brothers were there, uh, brothers from, this is when I met the regional Inca, um, from Waukegan at the time. Um, and you know, we're all, we're all, a bunch of brothers are there. Right. And it, the craziest part is we literally took a, a stolen truck up there, a stolen F-150. So on the way home, guess who volunteered to drive. Right. So anyways, um, we end up getting back to this hotel. We got back safe in the stolen truck. And, but while we're going back there, uh, you know, we're all drunk, you know, I, I'm, I'm wasted, you know, Tim's wasted. We're all drunk. Right. And, and Revy's like super twisted though. And so we're messing with Revy. Right. And we're like, Hey, <laughs> he was talking to this one girl at this time and it just happened to be one, uh, a brother's sister, but, but he was talking to her and, and like, they were in like kind of a half-assed relationship. Right. But, but not really crazy serious, but he was arguing with her at this time. Right. And so we're all drunk and we're driving back and we're like, Hey, we're dropping you off by Liz, bro. Get ready. Right. <laughs> so he, he starts flipping out. Right. He starts flipping, and he don't, he's not even, he's so drunk. Like he can't even look out the window and see where we're at. Right. <laughs> so we pull up in the hotel parking lot and I slam on the brake. Right. And I throw in the park. I'm like, this is it, brother. You got to get out. This is here. Like you're home. And he's like, I ain't going in. I ain't going in. And he's arguing with us because he's so drunk. He don't realize we're in the hotel parking lot. So we're like, you know what? We're going to go in there, bro. We'll be waiting for you. And we we, we all take off. And we knew he wasn't going to come in, you know, but we really want him to sleep it off because he's wasted, you know? Mm -hmm. And and there was still like a little, it wasn't a party, but in the hotel room, like it was, like I said, it was Pep and, and Juanito. And then there was a couple of girls in there. And so, you know, we want him to sleep it off, you know? So we're just, we're just messing with him. And, and, uh, we go, so we're, like I said, we're in there and, and, and we tell Pep like, nah, he didn't want to come in. We were messing with him. And, and so the youngest brother there at the time, as far as not age wise, but you know, like, obviously I was the Kasinka at the time, you know, my brother, you know, he, he was basically like leadership, you know? And so it was Rick, you know, Rick, Rick had just, had literally just been made not too long ago. And, uh, so he goes, Hey Rick, do me a favor, brother, you know, go, go get Revy. And tell him I want him, right? Like that. So okay, like that's one thing, right? Like that's 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 one thing, you know. Um, to do that is one thing in itself. Now the fact that there were girls there, that's what irked me. You know that part like bothered me because it's like, why is it important for them to even know? Like you could have been like, hey brother, let me holler at you, pull work to sign. Be like, do me a favor, go get Revy. Just tell him, you know, tell him I want to talk to him. You know, something mm -hmm. like that. You know. But instead, it was like, tell him I said, you know, and then this was the killer, right? So when Rick walks out the door, he goes, watch this. You know, like, basically, like, Revy's going to bring his ass in there because I said to. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. you know, right on cue, he did. But I, not 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 out of fear of Pep, out of respect for the hierarchy that, that you know what I mean, that the Latin King had, the Latin Kings had. You know, he, he respected that so much. It wasn't about Pep. It wasn't like he feared Pep. Revy was a stone cold killer. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like there was nothing about Revy that was, there was any fear in his heart. And so, but that's my point though, is it goes back to that, you know, and that's abuse, man. That's abuse of power, you know, and, and, and if I was in that situation, you know, had it been in a situation, I would have went out to the truck myself and got him. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's the difference. Like those are the little differences that, you know, um, that stand out. So 
you know, like I said, people govern different ways, bro. And, you know, I think, I think this, this brings up a bigger conversation, right? And it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a conversation I had with, with a friend of mine not too long ago. And, and it's about how people come up in ranks, right? And how do you come up in the ranks? And like, when it comes to these meetings, you know, what, what are you really doing to, to make an impact, right? So I honestly think, you know, when it comes to, to, to being a, a, a ranking member, like with, with, uh, you know, with, I guess the top three spots, right? So those are the most influential spots in your chapter. It really has to happen organically, but it also, um, it has to be, it's, it's, it's based all solely on reputation. Now I will say this, there's going to be instances where people will get favoritism without as much as a reputation, but you know, that's not, that's the, that's not abnormal. And, you know, usually those favoritism guys, um, like Mondi was a favoritism guy, right? Like Mondi, Mondi, Mondi was a smart brother. So Mondi, um, deserved to have a spot, a spot. Do, mm-hmm. do I think he deserved to be the Inca? I mean, I'm biased though. You know, I would, I would have had my brother as Inca, to be honest with you. I would have had Tim as Inca, you know, and then, you know, did your so, brother ever hold a leadership position, like an official leadership position? Yeah, yeah. No, as you soon did. as, um, yeah, as soon as, as soon as we got locked, as soon as we all got locked up, me that same day, me, uh, Mondi and Payne all got locked up the same day. Um, they obviously had to, they had to uh, revote and re, um, structure the whole chapter, and uh, he immediately was the Inca. Tim was okay. unanimous, okay. um, and he held that position for a long time. Um you know, until like older brothers got out and he'd be the first one to say, here, you can have it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that, that, and that's why I feel like he was the right, he would have been the right choice. Um, but, but so then you know, how did Mondi, Mondi get it? Because it is a vote, right? Or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it's a, it's a vote. And the way we did it, um, and this is a part that is another aspect of the meetings, right? Is that, um, it, it can be done differently, but you know, at that time, our structure was, it was in shambles because we had just lost Snuff. Snuff was our Inca. And I was 15, bro. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, it wouldn't have been right for me to step up and be the Inca. You know, mm-hmm. do I feel like I could have did the same job that Mondi did? Yeah, I do. But I'm saying, I, I just think there would have been, there was, there was somebody better there. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I think Tim was the guy. He was he was older, he was wiser. And obviously he he had the reputation. And so yeah, it, it what it comes down to the way we did it is when when that happened, you do a um you know, you do a vote, but you do a you know, obviously a sequestered vote. You know what I mean? Like you go on your own and you vote and we bring all the papers back and then we put them in, you know, in a hat. And and we kind of pull them out of there and just organize them by position, and the majority wins. You know, but, you know there is there. I don't know if I've ever been in a situation where there's like campaigning or anything like that for anybody. I think it's just it's more of like a head nod. You know, like people kind of just know. You know, like uh, you know, obviously like like snuff snuff was the older. He was the oldest brother out. 
well, he was one of the oldest brothers out when Jay when Jay went in, right? And so, but you got to remember, Fro was there too. But it was just, it was just like it, it was known that that Snuff was going to take that spot. You know what I mean? Like it was known mm-hmm. that Snuff was the right person for that spot. And so I think that's kind of what it, it comes down to is like instinctually, you know, people vote based on that. Like this is the right person. And um, I think in our in in that situation where Mindy got it, you got to remember he got two mandatory votes right out the gate with with or more probably let me see he got he got joey and poncho right out the gate because they're cousins mm-hmm. um so you know he was going to get their votes and then you know like i said mindy was just a good dude it wasn't like i, I it wasn't like um i actually voted for him to be the kasinka and i voted for tim to be the inca you know i I, th- I thought he deserved a spot it's just you know and like i said bro that's the that's the that's a slippery slope man but so when you're coming up like it has to be, it has to be organic, bro. And, and a lot of people, you know, they can start with a smaller, a smaller position, right? Like a treasurer or, you know, like they have secretaries or something like that. You know what I mean? Those are, those are like, um, when you have a surplus of brothers, you know, you can kind of allocate different positions, especially like the crown council, the crown council is a luxury to have, you know, that means you have a lot of brothers in your chapter, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, like I said, the crown, the council men, um, are just, they're, they're, they're regular members. They're not, they're not appointed positions, but the, the head, the chairman, it, he, that's an actual position. And so you have to be able to, um, obviously you have to be able to articulate your thoughts. You know, that's another thing. Like Mondi was smart. He can really, he was really well-spoken. You know, there's people, um, that who were in the street a lot that weren't really well-spoken, like Lawrence, like Lawrence was a street guy and, but he he probably would. I, I was never out when he had his position, but they said he was a Kasinka. But I, I couldn't see him fitting that role well because he's not outspoken. You mm-hmm. know, he, he you know he might you know he's gonna throw up a crown at you and, and obviously he's gonna shoot anytime. But he Lawrence is like really reserved. So another another aspect of it too, bro. That that I, I was just thinking about right now is is how you overcome, brothers. Like you 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 go from being the guys, the younger guys to overcoming the older guys, you know, I mentioned how that happened with us, you know, uh, like with Bellone and, and Goat and Bear and, and Weto, you know, those dudes, they seen a shift in the dynamic, you know, they seen the writing on the wall, so to speak. But, you know, that happens, bro. That happens a lot, you know, where you're just outgrown. And it could happen. It could happen, and and in a bunch of different scenarios. I even even like talking about how Lil Mike and and uh, and Snuff wanted to get rid of a lot of the younger brothers. You know, when they had got out in 05. So it's mm-hmm. like there's that dynamic in those meetings, bro. That you have to really be able. You got to have your. That's that's the most important part. Is you have to have your pulse on what is going on in your entire chapter, bro. That's why the guys that were some timers, the guys that weren't in the trenches every day, you know, like those guys were at a disadvantage because you don't know what everybody's saying about you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, I, I'm sure Weto and Go and Bear and, and Bellon, maybe they had a feeling, but they didn't realize the magnitude of how serious our decision-making had, had become. You know, um, same thing with Sammy when we ex Sammy and 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 uh, Slick Rick and all these guys. Like, yeah, they probably felt a little bit, but they didn't really know. Like, it was like that. You mm-hmm. know, like it was it was. You know, it could turn on them like that, and that's because they weren't they weren't active. 
you know, the first four or five guys that knew about a meeting that was going to happen was going to be me and Tim and Tude and, and Bondi and, you know, obviously Snuff when he was out. Like, it was going to be us. So it's not like those guys stayed in the loop the way they should have, you know. So that's another element, bro. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to really be able to be conscious of unless, you know, unless you're, because me, like I said, it was just natural. I was in there. So if you're not, it's a hard thing to be able to, to try to pay attention to. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of talked about, so you come in, you pay dues. There's, uh, then there's the whole dynamic of the, the beat downs and stuff like that. But what, what, like you talked about like gang business, what is gang business? Like, what are you talking about in this? Like, like you had mentioned about like if somebody was having a turf war with somebody or something like that. So is that basically like kind of like what conflicts do we have going on right now? And, and what are we going to do about them? Or what was really covered in these meetings besides paying those dues and things like that? Right. So, that's a good question. Um, you got to remember, like, we weren't coming to the meetings and laying out crimes that we committed. So that wasn't a thing. But right. we would definitely be, you know, we would be like, hey, and this is what I'm saying. Like, this is this is the part that's so hard to really grasp because um, the the guys that were in the thick of it were always together. So it was like we were having meetings every day. You know, because we were with each other all day, every day. We knew everything about what was going on. So, so it was kind of like you, you, Tim, yeah, so, too, and all these people were like yes, informing yes. all these people that weren't around what was go- had gone on in the past week. Right? Well, well, in a sense, in a sense, yeah, but 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 in a different way. That's why we use the meetings as as um, as moments. When I say nation business, that is nation business. The the business of the nation is to to address the people that aren't involved. You know, so we used a lot of that time to talk about guys that weren't coming around, to talk the guys that weren't paying dues. We used it to talk about violations that need to be handed out because those are things that you can't just talk about in a dark corner somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have everybody there. You know, as far as like gang wars and all that, like, you know, if there was somebody that, you know, yeah, hadn't been around and we you know, we wanted to inform like, Hey bro, just to let you know too, like, you know, I know you stay over here on 30th, like we're into it with them dudes, but, but nine times out of 10, they should know, you know, they should know because if they were with us, they would know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's just the way, that's the way it went. You know, um, obviously it's a little more relevant when you have like a nation meeting with other chapters, then you can be like, Hey, you know, cause they're not with you all the time. Like you tell dudes, mm-hmm. Trey, Hey, yo, listen, you know, them, whatever the SGDs are on 15th, they're looking for you or whatever, you know what I mean? Like anything like that. And so, and so, um, yeah, that's, that's a little more universally, but, but our, our the, the, the main, the main focus of our meetings, bro, was really about, <clears throat> I feel like it was about a, a, a few things, right? So obviously it's about the camaraderie of being together, you know, not under the influence, you know, just sober and just really enjoying being around kings like we were all kings, right? And then and then, and then um using that time, we would also study the manifesto. You know, we would obviously um newer members, they were they were um you know, we were all forced to learn the prayer, you know, we were, you know, we had to know our literature, our five points and, you know, all these different dynamics of the book. And, um, you know, so we use that time to kind of celebrate together a little bit more, but also to reinforce, 
the structure and the stability that we wanted to create. You, you know what I'm saying? So it was like a, it was like a hard, um, it was a real hard thing that we felt we had to do, but it made it, we felt like it made us young men, you know, to be able to enjoy each other, but also inflict pain on each other when we, when we were in the wrong, you know I mean? That's the way we looked at it. Now, obviously at that point in time, we weren't the ones that were in the wrong a lot, you know, cause we were the ones that were in the street. We were the ones that had the structure. We were the ones that were doing everything. We were the ones that demanded that kind of behavior from everybody else. And so those are the guys that had to start worrying about being in the wrong, you know? And, and that's not to say that I didn't make bad decisions as a, as a, um, as a leader before, you know, I can't really think of any specific decisions I made that was, that was, um, questionable when I was the Kasinka and street. I feel like a lot of my decision-making was sound and I feel like my example was good. Um, I guess the only time I ever really felt bad about a decision I made when it came to me having a spot and I felt like maybe I've used my power. Um, I was actually in Wales, you know, I did, we, there was a bunch of, there was a bunch of brothers with us and we were, we were at the gym playing basketball and, you know, I, I was pretty decent at basketball, you know, for the most part, <laughs> like, you know, unless you were like with our crew, like with our crew crew, they're, they're, the Latin Kings aren't really known to be like super athletic, you know, so a lot of the guys that were there, they were from different cliques and, you know, different areas and neighborhoods. And the only like Moly, Moly was from 19th Street. Right. But Moly was Palestinian. He didn't he's not a basketball player. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I'm playing basketball and, and you know, like I'm talking shit. Right. Like we're it's just Kings. Right. So I'm not talking shit in front of no other, nobody else. It's just us. We're just amongst each other. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. talking shit. Right. And, and I can see like Moly's getting mad. You know, he's getting frustrated. So I drove to the rack one time. You know, I'm, I'm driving to the hoop and he smacks my arm hard as shit, right? Like a foul. And I'm like, all right, I take that. You know what I'm saying? But I just let him know, like, listen, bro, it's not this serious. Like, we're just out here bullshitting. Like, take that shit down a notch. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to let you get a pass on that one. But, you know, the next one is it's probably going to be an issue. And then, and then, sure enough, bro, like, I'm talking shit. And then I drive to the rack again. And this time, like, he, he tried to act like he was going for the ball. But he ended up, like, slapping, you know, slapping, like, side of my face. And that shit had me seeing red, right? So I just so I, I stopped playing ball. I was like, all right, bro. I was like, you know, that's that 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 that's gonna cost you, right? And so the next day he was in the kitchen and I gave him like a minute and a half. You know, um I don't know. I guess looking back, I was like, damn, it was that that was kind of a lot, you know what I mean? Like that was a that was a big violation for something that, you know, like that. But I guess it was it was just, you know, it was out of frustration and mm-hmm. and um that happens. I'm human, you know, that element. So yeah, yeah, and 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 I guess I mean, by the rules of it, was he doing something wrong? Because I mean, I'm sure it's not okay to just go around slapping other Latin kings, right? Right. Yeah, and especially I mean, especially if you get intro. technical about it, were you even technically doing anything wrong? You probably could have handled the situation a little better. But, right, right, yeah. But yeah, I, especially, especially I was the Inca at the time. You know what I mean? And I had gave him a warning. You know what I'm saying? And you know, he didn't heed that warning. So. Right. And, and I guess if you were to flip this story and instead of it being you, it would have been just some completely different Latin King. And if you would have given him a warning and then he still did it again. Now. He still catches the violation. Yeah. He and if you give the him violation. the violation. Yeah. Right. And you give him the violation. Now you're completely not in the wrong. So just because it was you, I don't think, I don't know that it was in the wrong, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, so, I never looked at it like that, but that's true. 
you know, now, and to be fair, right. So those meetings are different though. Those prison meetings, because the prison, the reason why prison meetings are different is because you guys aren't all together every day. So you need to know like, yo, what's going on in your cottage? Like who, you know, who, who's, who's this or who's that, you know what I'm saying? Like what's going on. And, um, so those are important elements, you know what I mean? And I used to always have, I used to always get all the guys together. I used to be able to get them all down to the kitchen because, you know, I had, I had a, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was in good shape when I was in Wales, man. For the most part, when I was locked up, I always had ways of making my time easier. You know what I mean? And, uh, man, I remember I'd be in the kitchen working, like the main kitchen. Man, there'd be 10 brothers down there. I'd call them all down there from different cottages. You know what I mean? And I know the flakes used to be mad because they would, you know, we ran the kitchen. You know what I mean? So, but that's, that's you know, so that's a, that's a, that's another element that's for real though. In prison, you need to know, you know, because obviously, you know, you don't know the dangers that, you know, um, could be caused by somebody that's in your cottage, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, um, I might have that knowledge, right. If somebody new comes in, I might be like, yo brother, like you're about to go. Cause for us, um, when I was up there, stout was the flake cottage, like stout had, and stout was like the drug cottage too. So a lot of guys had to go do that program. But my thing was, I used to want to let them know, like, listen, there's all flakes in that cottage, you know, because there used to be, I think there was like five, four or five, two ones in there. There was an OA in there. There was, there was a bunch, there was a bunch of uh, arrivals in there. And so I used to have to let brothers know, like, hey, you know, and then um, like full disclosure, like I used to be on some dirty shit, man. You know, like it was all out war, bro. You know, so I used to be like spitting in there in their desserts and shit. You know what I mean? And, and I would, and I would tell, I would just tell the brothers like, Hey, don't eat the dessert. And they'd be mad at me like, damn, man. Like, I love that shit. You know, <laughs> like, cause it, it'll be like good. It'll be like cherry crisp or, or chocolate chip cookies or something that they really want to eat. You know what I mean? But I used to just tell them like, man, you know, I can't stand them dudes. You know what I mean? And, and uh, and I knew they would eat it. Right. Cause you pick the one thing, you know, everybody's going to eat. You know what I mean? So, well, you should yeah. have just told them. Well, just so you know, I spit in it. So if you're okay with eating my spit, that's fine. <laughs> you, well, you know? I mean, listen, spitting is just a half. That's just what I'm saying on air. But I'm just telling you right now. I, that, huh? Oh yeah, man, for <laughs> sure. And then, and then you got to remember, like I used to have, um, you know, I used to always have brothers in there with me. So imagine how they like. If it's just imagine me, and then everybody else wants to get in on it too. You know, like. Yeah, it's my bright idea, but then everybody else is like, "Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you I know want what to I mean? do this. Yeah. I want to do that." <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know, that's, <laughs> but you know, so that's that's a real thing, man. Looking back, it's crazy. So I mean, yeah, like you know, getting back to the meeting aspect of it, though, bro. You know, you know, it was it was about it was about a lot of things, bro. And I felt like when we would be in the meetings, like it, it was the closest thing to kings that we ever really were. And, and it sounds a lot like what it was, was most of the time when you guys were hanging out, you were doing just that. You were hanging out. And this was just kind of a time to take an hour out of the day or whatever to be serious about everything that was going on around you and, you know, serious about right. what was going on within the gang. And if anything needed to be addressed within the gang, that was the point to do it. Because obviously, if you guys are all sitting around smoking a bowl together, you're not going to start... Right. Well, I mean, you're probably still going to bitch about other gang members, but it's just not a really professional way to be. <laughs> and it's you're not going to talk about like the business of like violations and things like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Like those are private conversations. But but what I meant by you know those moments being the closest things 
the closest times that that we were actually probably to being real kings is because you know we you know we were grounding ourselves in the manifesto if that makes sense you know yeah. like we were doing things that was expected of us based on that book you know like i said man like just ethically we were we were always trying to be correct and and um and follow the code as much as we could you know and understanding the book and reading the book and saying the prayer together like that camaraderie that shit brought us together you know because it's like you know there's it signifies a bunch you know just violations like violations yeah they suck and um you know a lot of brothers don't agree with beating up other brothers you know and 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 i share that sentiment to some extent but it also it gives you that sense of belonging you know you know like the man standing next to you you know he took that same that same thing that you did and that's what makes you guys special you know, and, and, um, you know, when you learn the prayer and they learn the prayer, like, you know, they put in the same kind of time that you put in, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and that's, that's, that's what I was talking about. Like that equality kind of feeling, man, like, this is my brother. Like we all, we doing the same thing. Like we believe in the same thing. We're moving in the same direction, you know? And, um, but when you leave that, you know, the sanctity of those addicts in those basements, you know, when you're back in the street, you know, all those, those, those feelings that, that are connected to that way of life, they disappear and it's like instinctual and you're just doing what the street tells you to do now. You know, it's not even based on no manifesto or, or kingism or brotherhood or anything. It's just the streets dictating your moves now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, yeah, kind of, it was kind of that one link that still kept you in the world of, I mean, your day-to-day life was basically just being, a street right. guy, but this kept right. you connected to the Latin Kings in a way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and it, and it, it's what made, it's what made us feel like we were, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the right word would be. Like I mean, something I bigger, say, something I, greater. I, yeah, exactly. Like it's bigger than us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I didn't want to say it made us feel important, but it made us feel like there was something, there was something bigger than us. And, that, and that there, there was a reason why all you were doing all this basically. Exactly. It's exactly how we felt. You know what I mean? Like it made sense to us, you know? Um, that's, that's the way we brought it together. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, like this is why we do, why we suffer day in, day out. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why we go through the, 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 the suffering of, of, you know, this kind of lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? The ups and the downs, you know, I feel like those, those, those times it made it, that made it real, you know, like there was accountability, you know, there was respect, there was, you know, there was dignity in what, and what we felt like we were doing, you know, looking back, obviously it's a facade in the sense that, you know, what we were professing was nothing like the way we were living, but, you know, there, there's something to be said about, obviously like the, you know, the meaning behind this, you know, we've talked about it before, the meaning behind the the organization and, and, um, you know, getting, getting drawn in, you know, because that's another part, bro. Like you can't, in, and I told you this before, bro, you can't replicate that, bro. You can't replicate that feeling of being in a circle and having everybody throw the crown up for you and, you mm-hmm. know, having everybody like shake your hand and, and, you know what I mean? Like just feeling like a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, um, you know, you get that love, you know, and, and then you give it, you know, and then it's like, you know, those bonds, they feel like so, so legit, bro. But Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said a million times, bro, you know, rarely are they, man. I think that's the biggest, that's going to be the hardest obstacle to overcome for any young gang member is, is believing that what they're feeling in those circles isn't real. 
because right. um, you could have never convinced me of that coming out of one of those, you know, um, even if I had just caught a violation, you know, I felt like there was, uh, um, all right, this is just a part of the game. You know, this is just, uh, this is just something that goes along with it. Yeah. I think, I think that that's going to be really hard for people to make that leap. But I mean, that's why I'm, that's why I'm sharing this right here. That's why I share this, this, you know, these kinds of messages because, um, I can take myself back there and I can really feel how it felt, you know? Yeah. And it's it's interesting because when you think about it, I wonder, I would love to be, we can never really know this, but how powerful is just that meeting just on keeping everybody on the same page and keeping everybody together. You know what I mean? Like, because like you said, that was the thing that made this seem like there was all a greater mission. And how many people, if that hadn't exist, would just be like, why am I doing this? And just inevitably maybe walked away from it or something like that. I mean, I think, I think that that meeting was probably a lot more powerful than, than you probably even realized when you were going through those meetings just yeah. on keeping your mindset where it needed to be to yeah. keep you and, blind and you from the mistakes you, you might've been making. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of impactful moments, bro, that um, I'm sure if I sat and thought about them long enough, like I could, I could bring them to the forefront, but even just like after black hat died, bro, like um, that meeting after black hat died, bro, was, was powerful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, at times you could hear a pin drop, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously like there's tears in everybody's eyes, bro. You know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's something that changes you. And, you know, those moments when you look at everybody, you know, you're looking for a few things, like you're looking for who really cared and you're looking for who's, who's really going to try to avenge, um, what just happened to, to one of our beloved brothers and, and um, I can remember looking around and and I seen a lot of anger, you know, in guys that I, I never seen it in before. You know, there was probably there's probably a few more guns busted, you know, that probably would have never been busted, you know, when Black Cat died. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think th- that that had that has a, an impact on a person, too, is, you know, those those kind of moments, they define kind of which which direction people go in life. You know, um, I can think back to the last meeting. It wasn't a meeting because I wasn't a king, but the last get together I had, um, it felt like a meeting, you know, structure wise with the walkers. You know, I remember, I remember being with, it was, we were by Ernest's house and it was, it was me and, and we were in the basement, me and Meadow and, and Jesse and, uh, and Kiki. And I remember them saying like, yo, like Jesse's about to go away. This is right after Mark had, had passed. And, you know, um, Jesse was about to go away and, and there was like a bunch of circumstances that were happening. And it's just like a, a somber uh, moment, bro. You know, and, and that that like little conversation changed the direction of Walker forever. You know, like after that, Jesse never came back. You know, um, like I said, I mentioned before the stories that go along with it, you know, things fell apart. And so you know, those meetings are significant because they, you know, it happens like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, wow. you got anything else? Um, one more thing and, and actually we can, we can cut, we can 
this might be a whole nother episode, but I'm just curious since we did talk a lot about with, with the different dynamic from leadership when Jay was in charge to leadership when you were in charge. Um, can you touch basically a little bit on like, what do you think was better about the gang overall? Like take Jay out of the equation, but was Jay's methods, did it make the gang better in any way than when you were in leadership and it was more lax? All right. Well, so you... first thing, first, first thing, let's clarify, right? And I was, I was second in command, right? I wasn't right, right, a right. leader, right? But, I said leadership. When, I, right. I, when I, when I, I was, when, when we had it, I just put it like that. When we had the, the spots, um, compared to when Jay had it, I think, I think, uh, the difference is the biggest difference was the money aspect, right? So when Jay had it, there was a lot of older Kings out. So, you know, there were a lot of hustlers out. And so there was a lot of money being kicked, kicked into one nine. And so like, we always had guns, we always had ammunition, like we always had, uh, you know, and, and opposed to when we had it, you know, things were a lot tighter because we were all young, you know, we didn't have jobs and we were hustling basically to stay, to survive, you know what I mean? And, um, Mm -hmm. So that's, that was a different element that was, that was, you know, when Jay was around, a lot of older brothers had cars and all that, you know what I mean? So that, that was a difference, I guess. um, I'd say when Jay had it compared to our generation, there was a lot, there was more, um, there was more Kings on 19th street as a whole. And maybe that was because we weren't recruiting a lot, a lot of Kings we we weren't we weren't trying to like we were trying to we were trying to create more quality um even though it didn't work but we were trying <laughs> to create we were trying to create more quality like i told you i told you a story before where, where i had to we had to take a bunch of futures to different neighborhoods you know what i mean to to be like hey hang out over here hang out over here because we had so many futures um but but that was that was um small in comparison to when jay had it because when jay had it there was like different clicks in within 19th street you know, like Fro had his own, his whole own clique, you know, like Fro and, and Sammy and Herman and Black Cat, you, you know, and then, and then it was like Joey, it was like 23rd, it was like Joey and Poncho and Gucci and Junior, you know, um, and, and then, and then obviously like Chico and Bellone and Gold and Bear and Weddle and then, you know, and then you had brothers that were locked up. And so it was like, there were, there were so many more different brothers when jay had it opposed to with us there was a there was a nice number but it was it was it was our way of having it so we were always all together you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like there wasn't no different factions of 19th street it was just all of us you know what i mean and uh so it was got down the numbers yeah the numbers dwindled but then we ended up getting them back up and and it was much more tight-knit basically than than maybe in jay's era because everybody was part of one group instead of having this group over here and this group over here, kind of. Right. Right. So yeah, exactly. So just imagine this, all right? Like Jay, when he was, um, the anchor, right? Like he, he might have like three stops to make, to check in on all the brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like he might go by Sam. He might go over here by Pelone. He might go over here, and then he'll run into all the different brothers. Like when, with us, we were the stop and then everybody, you know <laughs> it, I mean? so it was, was one place and everybody yeah, yeah. was there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, so I didn't have we didn't have to go check in on anybody. We everybody came around. So um, you, I guess that was the difference. Do you think that because obviously 
there was more of a fear factor with Jay because Jay was so much harder on everybody else. Do you think the gang as a whole was more disciplined or anything like that? Or do you, or, or do you think that no, that aggressiveness yeah. of, of Jay didn't really accomplish anything? No, no, other than- no, a hundred percent. I definitely tip my cap to him on that. The, the, the gang was more disciplined. The gang had respect for the structure. The gang had respect for the way of life that 19th street, wanted to emulate you got to remember this is the part though you know we were the young guys though so of course we you know we we respected it now when we had it you know like i said uh, one of our biggest downfalls was not not uh emulating that discipline and that respect mm-hmm. um uh level you know and because like i said there's a fine line between demanding respect and being abusive of your power mm-hmm. and um uh, you know, so I think it was, uh, we were a little too far under that bar and he was and a little was bit too, too far over. Okay. Yeah. That totally yeah. makes sense. So, yeah, but he definitely had the element of discipline, you know, he had the element of, um, at least if you knew, you knew if you did something wrong in some way, if it was questionable, you were catching a violation, you know, and then that, 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 that's, that's not saying that we didn't give out violations for that, but I'm saying like, we allow people to act childish. And we didn't, we didn't address it. We didn't address it the way we should have, you know, um, opposed to Jay. If he seen any of that, you know, foolishness, he, he would, he would nip it in the bud. Yeah. He he wouldn't allow it. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely different styles. And, and, um, that's what I got, man. All right. Well then with that, we can wrap this one up, uh, as normal. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash normalized crime. And as well, you can send us an email at normalized crime at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with another episode. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.